0: You're gonna die, Arnie. Someday you will face that moment, and at that moment you will face either complete non existence or you will face something even stranger. On an actual day in the future, Arnie, you will be in the unimaginable. It is physically impossible to avoid it. Almost impossible as it is to avoid people describing things as Lovecraftian. Allow the cast of Cthulhu to be your guide through the world of cinematic Lovecraft inspirations from the superb to the truly cosmically horrific. I'm Jim Rohner, and I'm James McCormick. And today we'll be reviewing 2012's John Dies at the End, written and directed by Don Coscarelli, based on the book by David Wong. And our sincerest apologies, we didn't intend to take this long off. I was just looking at our Podbean uh, site, castacthulhu.podbean.com, where you can catch up on all our back episodes. And I was like, it's been a little bit uh, under a month, probably. No, March 24th was our last episode. It has been, wow. Almost, almost a month and a half. We're we're bordering onto two months that we've been absent, and uh, I assure you, um, listeners, that was not part of the plan. <laughs> as,
1: as as the band Stand would say, uh, it's been a while. But, uh, James, I'll be it. the only. I'm sorry. Stop we it. we were talking about Godsmack before we got yeah. on the air, so I'm thinking so, of other shitty bands. <laughs>
0: yeah, of course we. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That used to regularly play on repeat on ninety two three K Rock. Um, oh, in the early 2000s, uh, yeah, when we when we signed off on our monsters episode, we did intend for the following episode two weeks from them to be about John dies at the end. And then mm-hmm. two weeks turned into three, three turned into a month. And it was basically just, you know, we had we didn't intend it, but it was just life stuff. You know, James and I have always had uh, a bit of a challenge trying to sync up schedules. I work during the day, James works at night. We both work jobs which have irregular hours, so it's not as though we're Monday through Friday types. So syncing up, has, that that's always been a little bit of a, a of, of some hurdles to jump through. And then um, other life stuff happened where there were priorities and things got pushed. And um, mornings where we were scheduled to record and one of us, mainly me, would send a message to say, I am exhausted. I can't do this today. Um, so here you get now, as of this recording, Saturday, May 14th. um and even longer for it to be posted um but yeah finally getting around to um 2012's cult horror comedy yeah john dies at the end but um of course we let's let's spend a little bit of time doing catch-up it's not going to be long because as we were talking off mic i realized james has pretty much not Paid attention to anything in pop culture? <laughs> just,
1: just 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 AEW wrestling, but we won't get into that. But. Sure,
0: no, it's same same with myself, of course. <laughs> um, and Double or Nothing is coming up uh, May 29th. Yes. Oh
1: and, and that's my birthday week. So oh, there we go. Okay, um, so I'll, I'll I'll definitely be watching that.
0: Yeah, so I I had like I, I have on my notes here like mm-hmm. what what did you think of Moon Knight? James hasn't watched an episode of Moon Knight, um, and I'm
1: ashamed. I'm ashamed by that. But what do you what what do you think about Moon? Knight? I want to hear your actually, like your thoughts.
0: Um, It's forgettable. Uh, Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke do the best they can. Mm -hmm. Um, It I a I I don't want to criticize the show for not tying into the larger Marvel universe, because I think that's silly, um, because I I think I think we should go for and celebrate things that exist in the universe, but are not tied into perpetuating the 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 MCU machine moving forward. but I will say it was a little bit weird to kind of have a, a series which sort of stood on its own, which did not tie into the larger universe. You know, we're not going to see Oscar Isaac again. We're not going to see Ethan Hawke again, I believe. Um, actually, behind the scenes, Oscar Isaac's contract was only for this series. So Moon Knight will not be a thing moving forward. Um, so that was weird. But even once you wrap your head around that, this the series, I, I think because of that, the stakes were much lower, which also isn't bad, except the narrative propelling this story along never felt that urgent never felt that important Mm -hmm. i suppose it was supposed to be more of a character study in the sense of hey we have stephen knight is stephen knight his name or stephen
1: i think it's stephen i think it's stephen knight that's one of his names
0: yeah we have stephen knight and we have mark specter and that question of you know that character study of are these the same people are they different people how are they connected to each other And, and that that was supposed to propel us moving forward, which in and itself was fine because I'm, I'm not spoiling anything. If you are familiar with uh, the Moon Knight character or even the show uh, on a on a tenuous basis, um, one of the the only bits of media which kind of deals with disassociative disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is interesting. Um, I'm not going to say it's that engaging. Uh, and yeah, it, it was it was hard to keep going on a week to week basis because I'm like I <laughs> Why am I even supposed to care about these characters and their relations with each other? Why do I care about the larger threat? Um, because one, you don't even know, like, what it, so what is the threat to this universe, to this world, to these characters? I'm not even entirely sure I understand what it is, so how am I supposed to care about it? Um, and then also, uh, just on the technical level of this... this um this trend of a lot of um, cinematic looking TV, which is shot to be viewed in ideal viewing conditions with most home viewing systems are not set up to do. Um, so a show called Moon Night, which takes place largely at night, Night.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, if you are watching um, during the day, which my wife and I often did in an apartment um, which has been recently painted white and we don't have any curtains. Um, Mm -hmm. makes it legitimately very difficult to see what is going on. Um, I know that was a big critique for um, the final season of Game of Thrones, specifically the episode at um, um, Winterfell when there was the huge battle at the end, and it was very dark and people couldn't make it out. And the DP basically blamed viewers and like, well, this was meant to be viewed in these conditions. like, cool, I'm just regular Joe with my TV. I don't understand these technical details when it comes to um viewing formats or video compression or cinematography i just want to see the show and you're making it very difficult to actually literally see what is happening um so that was very annoying i have to say um
1: yeah that's kind of yeah i mean that's not good because like you know when we when we get like a like a good movie that's supposed to look nice, you know, like, like cinematography and like just the way it's shot. Any TV should show that. Yeah. If you have a better TV, it'll show it better. But like, yeah. I no, I've had that with my, with my old TV, certain shows that were like dark would just, and especially I have a big window to my side. Yeah. It, you wouldn't see shit. You'd be like, wait, what's going on? Like, I'd have to like darken it and like, and like no. Yeah. Why do I have to do all this? It should just play.
0: And, and the there is... We did find stuff online that says, like, if you have a soap opera um, setting on your TV, that is the best one. But we don't have something like that. So, I mean, I'm sure we could. And even we did, we went to, like, manually adjust the brightness and that kind of stuff. But it still only went up to a certain level that there was, like, basically a ceiling as to what we could just. There was a limit as to what we could see in the nighttime scenes. And that was super annoying. And also, just, like, in the end, not really worth it. Um, Yeah. Because the show itself was just fine. And also... I I never was big into Moon Knight as a kid, but he was a fascinating character to me when I was in comics. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you're sort of I, like I liked him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's I would I joke with my wife that it's funny for a show called Moon Knight, how little Moon Knight as a character is actually in the show. Um, It's it's mostly Mark Spector and Stephen Knight. And that is fine if your approach is a character study of those characters. But also, what do you know about Moon Knight as, you know, basically a character his powers his connection to the lore of the world um after six episodes not a lot you don't know a whole lot
1: right and 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 i'll be honest a lot of the comics are kind of like that it wasn't until maybe like mid 2000s and like the 20 early 2010s that they started like dealing with more of like the bizarreness of this character like he to me like growing up i liked he to me he looked like the the polar opposite of batman yeah he was like all white but yet he was still this dark mysterious character so it's like kind of a weird you know dichotomy it's like wait he's kind of like batman but but why is he all in white Mm -hmm. it's kind of a weird thing to do like that you you really can't hide you're just there like i see you from a mile away but then like certain writers would like deal more with like his you know his like you know psyche and like just why he's just a weird character and 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 i think that happens a lot with a lot of like the the lower tier marvel like even in dc lower tier characters that they see you know like they see potential like you you start to grow and like oh let me do this but sometimes it doesn't translate well but maybe maybe six episodes is for the best as opposed to like sometimes they just drag on some of these shows to like nine episodes 12 episodes you're like yeah, you could have cu- you could could easily cut out three or four episodes, you know, maybe six episodes. Just like okay, one and done. Let's let's go on to the next weird character, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's also from what I understand, um, mm-hmm. Moon Knight doesn't have the most uh, vivacious rogues gallery. Um, I don't
1: know any of his rogues, actually, yeah. to be honest.
0: <laughs> so the 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 villain in the show is Arthur Harrow, who, from what I understand, is a right. very minor character in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, apparently, his number one um, biggest enemy is a guy called Bushman, who Kevin Foggy oh, thought, yeah, who Kevin Feige thought was too similar to Killmonger um, in terms of origin yeah. and that kind of. So they're like, well, let's step away from that. And I, I can understand that because yeah, Arthur Harrow, like I, we eventually find out that he was like mark specter he was a former avatar for khonshu the the egyptian mm-hmm. god of night um yeah. and not much else about him so it's like oh, I, I i he never feels like yeah. a threat that the overarching kind of threat to the world never feels like much of a threat and so it's hard to get emotionally invested in the show um so i'll that, still
1: check it out at some point but
0: yeah i'm and, not and, rushing yeah and you know um We are fans of Benson and Moorhead, the directors on the show. They do two episodes, one of which there is some cool kind of um, horror-esque sort of sequences. There's a sequence where Mark is in this hallway where the the lights are kind of blinking on and off. And and you see like a figure in the in the like far down the hall who's kind of approaching him and how they play with what Mm -hmm. you can see and what and how he's like there and suddenly not. And that's like that. There is some cool talent there, but it's like sort of. Yeah, the show is is. it's forgettable like if you don't watch it you're not going to miss anything and and i think the fact that i work in a place where i'm surrounded by people who are into pop culture who are into nerdy things who are into marvel the fact that the weekend after the show the the, the season finale aired mm-hmm. no one was talking about it was mm-hmm. um kind of indicative of the show in general but um the other note i had is uh, a. <laughs> Are you going to see Doctor Strange? And seeing as James has not been to the movies in months, I'm gonna guess that's probably you're not gonna go out and. I I, an I don't know.
1: I mean, I mean, I might make an appearance if it's still playing. At the end of the month for my hmm. birthday week, when when I should be on my first vacation in. Probably what is it seven months now? <laughs> um, yeah, I might, I might I might have to make an appearance at uh, your draft house to see it. Hell yeah, checking out Kim's video. Yeah, that oh. too. I got I got to see Kim's video, but also. I you know, I'm kind of getting back into the you know, the the mindset of like because even though I work retail I work overnight so yeah I don't deal with customers as much mm-hmm. and you know I deal with enough people on the bus even going to and from work and I want to kill everybody so sure because they're all you know just coughing everywhere still I'm just like okay then we just go through something.
0: <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe just me. I feel like there was a thing that was a like, challenge like a, to a lot like of a us.
1: Pandemic or something like. No, it couldn't be like, that. Cover your mouth, maybe, but um, yeah, but no, I mean, Doctor Strange, I do want to see because Doctor Strange is like one of my favorite characters, and I really liked the first movie. Mm-hmm. And and I'm um, this is Sam Raimi back in in the superhero world. Yep. That alone has my interest. Plus, plus we have a Lovecraftian you know, Elric, you know, god of sorts um, that, you know, so that alone, like that, come on, like that alone. And plus the whole multiverse thing. And I've heard little things, little like maybes of who might be appearing in it. Trying not to somehow trying to try not to see the spoilers, but, you know, might've seen one or at least heard one thing that I went, Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Mm. but I won't read anything else about it, but no, I, I mean, I... I like the concept, you know, I like that concept of like, oh yeah, there's, cause that's what, that's why Loki, you know, we, we, I remember us really liking Loki. Loki was a fun show because of the weird different versions of characters. And then what if yep. mm-hmm. also that same thing. So those, are those shows that actually dealt with the idea of this. And then this is like, I guess you could say the culmination, same thing with Spider-Man. Hmm it's us call you know this this idea of like oh we we have like thousands of versions of these characters why not just use some of them and and and, and exploit it a little bit like have fun like just let's it's a comic book movie why it doesn't have to always be so serious let's yeah have fun
0: mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it is mostly i'd say thanks to sam Raimi. it is pretty fun That's um cool. okay yeah uh, i mean yeah it's now don't get me wrong um Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is is not, you know, let's say Guardians of the Galaxy or Thor Ragnarok in the sense of like, okay, this is this is a pretty clear aberration from what we have witnessed. But having said that there was a lot of stuff. If you are a fan of Sam Raimi, there's a lot of sequences. Where you're like, oh, this is very Sam Raimi here. Cool. Um, okay. And so it adds a little bit of of, of appreciation. And I got to say, he's he's got his visual flair, which adds some some little bits of, of emotion to certain scenes, which make them a little bit more effective. And I think he elevates the material a little bit more, especially because the script is like, it's fine. It was written by the guy by a guy, um, Michael Waldron, I think his name is, who was a, lo- a writer on Loki. Um, okay. So it, okay. it, it deals, obviously, it deals with the multiverse and that kind of stuff. Um, but I think Raimi is able to elevate the material a little bit more. It's um, I saw a lot of people before I watched it that post on social media, like, um, if you have little kids, maybe don't bring them to see it. And I get that because there are some, I don't want to say horrifying images because there's also the stupid, there's a bunch of stupid <laughs> mouth breathers online who are like, this is a horror movie. This should be rated R. Grow I saw up. that. I'm
1: like, what are yeah. you talking about? yeah um
0: when when we and not to be the old person but when we were kids uh (laughs) poltergeist was pg
1: and uh, yes uh, yeah gremlins was pg (laughs) yeah so okay like watch it now it's pretty fucked up yeah
0: (laughs) but but if you're familiar with how Raimi blends the gnarly with the comedy there's a lot of that in here um and Danny but, Elfman, back
1: with Sam Raimi, doing yeah. Music. Danny
0: Elfman has a, a really a really great score, um, and of course, as you would expect, um, cameo from Bruce Campbell and um, the old uh, the old mobile <laughs> that shows of up course. in all of Sam Raimi's movies.
1: Yeah, like I'm I'm excited to see who Bruce Campbell plays in it. I, yeah. you know, somehow I have not seen anything about that, which is great. But I think Bruce Campbell's even joked about that, like. Sam maybe gives me a call. Hey, I need you to be in this movie. Uh, What am I going to play? Does it matter? No, it doesn't. I'll be there in a a day.
0: Um, And (laughs) it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of nods to evil dead. um, And I'd say stick around because there is a mid credit sequence, which does Mm -hmm. um, tie into whatever is happening next with Dr. Strange. And then without giving up too much away, there is a post credit sequence, which is kind of trolly. And I appreciate it. Okay. That's, Um, that's
1: that's all I need to know.
0: <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, um, great to see Bruce Campbell on the big screen again. Um, not as though he's went away, but I'm just trying to think of the last time I saw a movie with Bruce Campbell, and it might have been Bubba Hotep for me, and that was a long time ago. If you were not um, like really paying attention to low budget or indie things, then the last time you may have seen Bruce Campbell on screen, um, you may have heard his voice in Cars 2 as Rod Torque Redline, or um winky gatekeeper in oz the great and powerful from
1: 2013 i i know our friends at the disenfranchised podcast just covered that oh did they okay yeah actually and i jokingly said to you know to them like um i just the only sam raimi movie so far that i've never seen and mm-hmm. they're like and i'm like and maybe i know why and like yeah you probably know why i'm, I'm just happy to see sam raimi like doing a big budget just a big budget movie and just kind of like you as you said getting to show off a little bit with his own yeah aesthetic you know Mm -hmm. that's cool
0: in the meantime uh while while, before we have been or while we were waiting to record um there's a few movie games that i've been playing mobile games not even like apps but just like online games on my phone that i've been playing every day and as a movie fan james i don't know if you are aware of them or uh if I am.
1: I just have like they're like Wordle, but they're
0: yeah. So here, here's here's a, here's a few, and I'm I'm going to um these are the ones that I've been playing, and I want you to to let uh, I'll fill you in on as to what the rules are and which ones you think would be the most um, enjoyable to you. So there is um okay. the first one I do every morning is Framed, in okay. which it gives you one frame from a movie, and you have six oh. guesses as to what it could be. So if you don't guess okay. on the first frame, it could and they they progressively get easier until you know. Like, you know, 300, for instance, the the first frame might be something generic, like a field of wheat. And you're like, OK, well, this could be anyone. But then the final one would be like King Leonidas kicking that guy down the pit. So it's like, oh, OK, okay. you know, um, now I know what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. OK, so that's framed. That's a good one. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, there's uh, and and based off of the wordle naming, there are a, a number um, called there's Moviedl. there's one called um, movie doll um, in which it gives you a movie in one second. And you have to get, like, it plays the entire movie in one second. You have to guess what it is. Really, Same thing, oh, okay. you have six guesses. So if you don't guess on the first one, then the next one is, I think, like, uh, two seconds. And the next one is three seconds. So eventually you have to guess what what the what the movie is. Okay. There's another one called Actoral, in which it gives you a selection from the person's IMDb resume. You
1: know what? I played that one day, and I actually somehow got a really good score. It was Samuel Jackson. Somehow oh, yeah. I knew... Because of pulp fiction alone with 1995. I'm like, Samuel Jackson, I got it. I'm like, oh, yep, that was easy. But I've heard it gets really fucking hard. Yeah.
0: And so that one, yeah, it gives you a selection of their IMDb It's not comprehensive, which is the thing that throws me off. Um mm. and it gives you underneath their the 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 year of a movie's release, it, it gives the title, but it's all X'd out. Um and it gives you the IMDB rating of that movie and the genre. So you're like, okay, so who was right. in a Sports biography comedy movie from 1993 with this many letters in the title that was like a 7.5 on and even if you don't guess the right actor if you guess an actor correctly that was in that movie the movie is revealed to so like okay so who is in this movie with Matt Damon in 1993 kind of a thing um, <laughs> that one right. I'm actually terrible with like I'm objectively bad with it and I think it's just okay. because um, I think it mainly has to do with the fact that the IMDb ratings are so generic. It's like, oh, it's an action drama thriller. Like that, that could be a million movies that came out in that year. I don't oh,
1: know. Yeah, that, that's really hard. Yeah, it's like, wait, indie um, drama. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, there was one, I can't find it anymore, but there was one called Filmal, which mm. was Wordle, but for movie titles. So it was basically like, okay, oh. so there's six letters, you have to guess what it is. And, and the same rules apply as Wordle where if he was, you know, right. the green letters are the ones where they're in that specific spot and the lo- yellow ones are like, well, they're in the title, but they're not in this order. That one's difficult because it's like any movie. So it's like there was a Iranian film called like Ajame or something where like I eventually got it, but I'm like, I've never Ajami. heard of this okay. movie before. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, But that one has seemed to disappear. So I don't know if they just stopped making it or whatever. But uh my favorite one is is the box office game in which it gives you Okay. An opening weekend, let's say Ooh, May okay. 20th, 1993. Here are the five movies that came out or here are the, the top five grossing movies of that weekend. And it'll, it'll have some information in the sense of it made this much money this week. The previous week it was in this position. And then you have 200 points for each movie. But then depending on what hints you want to reveal, it would take points away from it.
1: Okay. So, good. you know, reveal like a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, revealing the genre will only cost you five points, but revealing the director will cost you forty or that kind of a right. thing. Because
1: if you if you're a fan of like Sam Raimi, you oh, okay, well, I know all his films, so yeah, um, it's got to be this one then.
0: <laughs> it's it's really fun because I've I've not necessarily a system, but I've realized like okay, so if if it's like a, a movie from like the '80s or '90s, it's more revealing if you find out who like the lead actor is versus the director necessarily. Um, because you know who are random comedy directors from the 80s like oh rob Schmargley, like i have no idea who that yeah. guy is but i i but i know that steve martin was in this movie with this other actor and you know that kind of a thing right
1: like oh i know it's probably the man with two brains but, oh is that, <laughs> yeah. like and you're like oh, is that carl reiner is it i don't even remember <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um but i've also realized that my kryptonite is animated films because if they're not from pixar i you know oh see it, i
1: gotta play that one because i'm I'm pretty good with the animated films from back then especially the weird ones like uh the disney ones that nobody like remembers like uh the black cauldron well it's bombs.
0: it's not even stuff like that but it's sort of like um you know oh an animated film where the the top-billed actress joaquin phoenix and then i just rev- eventually it's like brother bear i forgot that, that movie even fucking oh, existed
1: god yeah right that is joaquin phoenix oh my god
0: yeah so
1: brother bear and they made a sequel but Disney makes sequels to all their shit, so yeah.
0: Um, but that's uh, th- those are those are what I, I'm playing those pretty much every day. It's one of the first things I do in the morning is is check in and play those games. I've got a streak going on pretty much all of them. But anyway, th- those those are what have been keeping me busy. If you're curious for any of those, I will include the links in the show notes so that you can play them as well. But we should probably get to John dies at the end. We are on a time limit. Yes, um, yes. And we haven't even begun to talk about the film that we are ostensibly talking about. But John dies at the end. 2012 film, as I said, written and directed by Don Coscarelli, um, based on a novel written by um, a cracked writer, David Wong. Um, it or, is or
1: real name, Jason Pargan.
0: Yeah, because he has retired uh, the yes. David Wong um, surname, <laughs> um, which he says is is not meant to be appropriation of any kind. But he when no, he was no. young, he wrote a story in which the main villain's name was David Wong, and he just adopted that as his pen name when he started writing. Um, But it has a long history began as a web serial in 2001, which he eventually turned into a manuscript in 2004 and then was assembled into a paperback in 2007. Uh, Coscarelli said that I was greatly impressed by David Wong's crazed originality and impressive imagination. He's like a mashup of Douglas Adams and Stephen King both smart and goofy scary and funny. Um, This movie was partially brought into existence because Paul Giamatti was also a fan. He was an executive producer and of course plays the character of Arnie the reporter. Um, And he said, what's going to be tragic is what's going to have to go because stuff is going to have to go and it will kill me whatever goes because you want it all to be in there and you've still got to have this stuffed bag of stuff. Um, As of right now, um, John Dazian is the last feature that Coscarelli has directed. Um, uh, There is um, Allegedly, there has been a Bubba Hotep sequel in the works for a long time. Bubba
1: Nosferatu. Bubba Nosferatu, yeah. yeah. I'm still waiting for that one.
0: Yeah, which is probably Bubba Hotep is probably a movie I should revisit as a Bruce Campbell fan. And the fact that I saw it once a long time ago is like, this isn't very good, but who knows how my thoughts have changed. I I
1: like it. I like it a lot, but I can understand why you didn't like it.
0: Um, But yeah, as of right now, it's the last movie he directed. Um, It was produced for allegedly under seven figures, so a very Mm -hmm. cheap movie to make. And as we get into it, it kind of feels like it. Um, Oh, yeah. Currently sits as a 60% of Rotten Tomatoes. Um, A.O. Scott of New York Times said called it a ridiculous, preposterous, sometimes maddening experience, but also kind of a blast. Uh, whereas Mick LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle called it one of the worst of 2013 and one of the worst movies he'd ever seen. Right. But yeah, so John Dies at the End. I'd seen this once before when mm-hmm. it came out a long time ago. And I, I at that time, I didn't like it, but I didn't remember really anything about it. So it was kind of a new experience for me. Um, yeah. James, a little bit of a different story for you. You're um did you have you read the the source material? Yep.
1: I've only read the first book. There's there's been three books now in the series. There's a fourth one coming coming out uh this year, actually. But um, you know, John John dies at the end. It considering that they had to cut a lot of stuff out, this is pretty pretty true to the actual story. Mm-hmm. I mean, the book is a little more like big. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to they go to Las Vegas at one point, they so it's a lot bigger, but considering they had to cut a lot of stuff out, they really did a good job. But what I love is like the titles, you know, you hear John dies at the end and go, Oh, spoiler alert. But even though the spoiler is John doesn't fucking die. No, he at doesn't. The end, he dies in the in, in it, but, but he really doesn't. And yeah. then then the, the sequel was this book is full of spiders. Seriously, dude, full <laughs> of spiders. And then they also had, um, I haven't read that one. And then what the hell did I just read? <laughs> which was which you would appreciate because it's it's called what what the hell did i just read a novel of cosmic horror oh there we go so and then the new book that's coming out um later this year so it ties in is if this book exists you're in the wrong universe a novel <laughs> so like what i love is like he he has fun with the titles alone mm. and he just goes crazy with this shit like like so I read the book after I watched the movie. So like i had heard about okay. the book and I loved crack.com, you know, I yeah, really liked the articles out, yeah. and like, I heard about this guy, David Wong, not realizing that he was a white guy, but it's kind of the joke of the movie and the story. Like why is your name? Why, David Wong. You're not Asian. No, I'm not Asian. I just changed my name so nobody could find me. Mm-hmm. Wong is the, the the most popular surname in the world. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. And like, I like, and you know, in your, in the notes, I a hundred percent agree with you. It is very schizophrenic and very like, what the hell's going on? Like, it's like, but I think that's like the point, even the book is like that. It kind of cuts back and forth between present day, the past, the future, Mm -hmm. you know, and like it's time travels in this, in this story and like, just, you're almost like feeling like, is is this actually happening or is this like the the you know the ramblings of a madman <laughs> right. And you, well, you know like because at first he's telling this story to arnie and you're like he's probably just a drug addict right and in a way he is because he's on the soy sauce this living drug mm. that can make you see the future and see stuff and like travel through time and like also like know how much change is someone's pocket or count how many Grains of, of of you know rice is mm. in that plate you know but what i why i think like why i actually fell in love with this story is because it has like a lot of stuff i love and like i kind of liken it to like kurt vonnegut's writings and like you know like hunter s thompson who were like two of my favorite authors and mm. you know knowing this and then of course when i was getting into lovecraft and stuff and then People using the word like, oh, there's Lovecraft, you know, Lovecraft like stuff in this. And and he he totally embraces it as opposed to a lot of other things we've yeah. discussed on this, like auto. Oh, I, I never knew who Lovecraft was. So and and that's fine because that's that's what love Lovecraft has kind of seeped into the minds of like, which is kind of like a very Lovecraftian thing, mm. seeping in like to stories and editing space or cosmic horror is like oh love crafting not necessarily but even this like they they do talk about like even later on and i've I've read in other stories like eldritch demons like eldritch like monsters and even in this story kurak is basically an elder god Mm -hmm. like in a different dimension that's trying to come into ours yeah to take over and it's horrific what he wants to do Mm -hmm. like he just wants to fucking take over and like just basically anyone who has knowledge he just wants to seep you know suck it away and like kill you die from it yeah of course you die sure but he gets but he gets your knowledge yeah it's kind of like legion it's kind of like you know how to Borg just like oh well we're just taking your knowledge and whatever but it is it is very like Cause I was watching like you know, last week when we were gonna record, I was like re-watching it, like, okay, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna rewatch it for the first time in a while. And Corinne happened to be sitting there while I was watching, like, she kind of sat in and going, What is this? <laughs> My oh it's John Dies at the end. And she starts laughing. She's like, Wait, that's the title? I'm like, Yeah. She's like, <laughs> so she starts watching, and you know, Corinne is like My favorite film critic, because if something like if she doesn't like something, she'll fucking tell you. She'll be like, "Oh, this sucks," or like, "I don't, I don't like this. Like, this is boring." And like sometimes some of my favorite movies, she'll think like, "No, I don't like this," which I appreciate. Like, I don't want like I've I've had like relationships or even friends are like, "Oh, I love that movie." It's like, do you? Like, (laughs) like you know, you know what I mean. So, but like this one, she was like really like, "Wow, this. What's what is that? Like, wait, is that a." a monster made of meat. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Yep. And she kind of said like, and she made a good point. She's like, this kind of is weirdly like evil dead. I'm like a little bit at points. And again, we were talking about the budget. It also feels like, like a TV series that they kind of, to me, at least it's like a TV series that they kind of melded into like one movie.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like
1: it's very episodic. Like you could have made this into a series, like a 30 minute you know six you know six episodes this is the first like book
0: yeah it, you it does it. you know it does have that feel to it that is sort of like yeah th- this was actually a yeah this was a miniseries but we
1: crammed it together
0: yeah ran out of money or we're doing a re-edit right. first so yeah and so it does kind of feel like that and, and i gotta say my my gripe is not necessarily that it is schizophrenic that is that is right. fine um it's more that the schizophrenia, whether it reveals or is uh, a byproduct of the fact that, I don't know what the stakes of this story are supposed to be. Um, be, And and because it starts with sort of like, I I like the idea of like, okay, this soy sauce thing kind of opens your mind or your eyes to uh, whatever. But it's also like, but what are the rules of that? Because it seems like the soy sauce there is no definition as to what it is, what it comes from, what it allows. Like it's it sort of, it's not just like it, it allows you to see an extra dimension, but also makes you immortal, but also gives you superpowers, but also lets you see things. But it's like, okay, but, how? Is- but 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 it could also kill you. Yeah. So it, like, it's yeah, and and that's kind of what. No, and and I agree with you. I think
1: I think it's one of those things where David Wong, you know, Jason Pargan, like wrote basically this thing that. I can make it up as I go along, kind of like a child, you know, when 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 you're kids and you you're playing like cops and robbers or something and you're like, or you're playing superheroes and like, why well, I'm just here, like, so you just you become like the most powerful superhero ever like, yeah. well, I, well I, I could deflect that because I'm powerful, you know, I got a big yeah, it's like, sure. you know, and, and but I think the point of it is that the only person Besides John, who but he's, like, always on drugs. Yeah. Like that's, the, the, that's the character. But David, for some reason, as they say, the soy sauce chooses you. Yeah. And it chose him, but it likes to play with you. But, like, for some reason, David, David, like, he somehow can, like, handle it. Even though he gets high and crazed with it. But everyone else just blows up. Or, like, you know, their eyes explode. Or something, something happens. Like, they die. Horribly. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think like that's. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. But again, imagine if there was like a drug that was alive that could p- become like flies that like fly into your fucking face and, like, it, it, yeah, it's it's very weird. It's it's. It makes no sense. I agree with that.
0: Yeah, the 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 rules of this universe are super nebulous. And yes, yes, <laughs> because of that, I, I had trouble kind of thing like, OK, because it, it eventually is revealed, I guess, that the, the threat is supposed to be Karak and Karak sort of like,
1: yes, his people on that world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But that's but even looking back at the movie, like once you've seen it, and then you look back like, OK, I, I guess that makes sense. But that wasn't that doesn't feel like what we were building up to the whole time. And
1: yes, yes, it's almost like a well we need a threat. So here's the threat. Cuz yeah. like cuz at first it's like is it these weird little white things like white bugs or is it the drug itself? Yeah. Oh no, it's actually this otherworldly god that like has taken over and it will take over here if it gets through. But it's like it's almost like and again that's why I feel like it's like almost like a TV series where if it was more spaced out, it would make more sense. Like this threat was always there. Yeah. But then it builds and builds this. It's like, it's a hundred minutes. So it's like, Oh crap. And we also have like, we're getting snapshots of these two guys lives as these paranormal investigators. And it's like, okay, well we have to rush. We, we have to make big stakes. Do you always have to not really, but in a book form it make it, it's easier to flesh this out because it's like 400 pages.
0: Well, and, and that's that's the thing is I know now I haven't read a ton of horror fiction um, and that's that's a, a on me. That's something that I should certainly fix. Um, I know that the book is, is, is a horror parody, basically. Yeah, but I, I would think there are different rules for a horror novel, especially in how in especially how the, the perspective of the narrator is manifested versus um, the horror rules of a movie and how, yeah, in our perspective there. So we do have a trope of an unreliable narrator, which you can sort of which you can do, which when you do that in a book, it's basically impossible to step outside the world mm-hmm. of the narrator's perspective because we are only right. being told things through his eyes. And so since we only have his narrow tunnel vision, we can think, okay, is he reliable or is this just the story he's telling us? Right that doesn't work as well in the film adaptation because we see the stuff happening. Yeah, through the use of camera, through the use of other things, it's just like, no, this stuff is really happening. So the unreliable narrator doesn't work as well in this translation because we no, know for a fact, yeah, we know for a fact, David is telling us the truth. Like from the very beginning, even though the be, even though the beginning is staged to, to make it seem as though, not make it seem as though, even though the beginning yeah. is framed as I'm telling you, Arnie, this newcomer just like us. Here is my story. I know it sounds crazy, except we also know it all to be true.
1: Because we saw the story in the beginning with him killing that yeah. neo Nazi guy and that came back as a zombie. Mm-hmm. And with a weird And again, that's why it feels so but see, again, I think that the another reason the book kind of feels like that a little bit, but not to the extent of the movie. But it might be because it started off as a serial. Like right. It was sure. It, as a story, it was episodic. Yeah. And then he re-edited it and put it together as a book. So it almost feels like when Coscarelli did the adaptation, he had a, tr- he, you know, no fault to him. He had to try to like get the best bits. Yeah. And yeah. like, oh, crap. Okay. Well, I got to somehow put Kurok in this because that's like a cool looking visual of this like one-eyed like tentacle beast. Mm-hmm. Cool but then I also want to show like the dynamic between these two characters. And then then it's this drug. So when you start going, it is literally just a hodgepodge. And that's kind of like, from what I've read about all his um, other stories, they do sound very similar. Like, Oh, you know, anything crazy you can think of, he'll throw in the next book. And then again, even Mm -hmm. crazier. And then again, even crazier. And it's like, you know you have like the 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 white guy that's like you know hood guy like you know was it oh, shit shitful or shit ton or yes, right, uh, shit ton yeah ton or something <laughs> and like yo bro what's up <laughs> it's like
0: wow that actually felt like very 2012 right there you know <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah it, and it is and, and since you mentioned the serial, like I, I i'm reminded of and i don't want to say this is a one to one correlation <laughs> Uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Lady in the Water um, yes. oh, was,
1: God. Right.
0: was also a movie that started out as it was a bedtime story he was telling his daughter that he was basically making up every night, like he would make up. Right. And so he eventually assembles this into a, into a one, quote-unquote, coherent story. And, I mean, it's a bad movie, but it also happens to, yeah. s- to start <laughs> Paul Shimani. Uh But it is... Yes. <laughs> you, you get the, you get the sense, yes, there is a world here. I'm just not sure if you yourself have laid down all the rules for it because it feels like yeah. things that are happening a lot of times happen because that's either what the narrative demands or because you feel like you need something fantastical to fill in a gap. So this is a bad this is a bad example from John the End but there is that sequence when he, I forget where he leaves, but he's talking to John, who at that point is dead. And he's yes. like, go to the guy in the corner and buy a bratwurst. And so he bratwurst. does. And then he starts having the conversation through the bratwurst. And it's like, yes. okay, but why? And this could be one of these instances where someone is hearing this and watching the movie being like, yes, I like that because it was nonsensical. But to me, it was more indicative of the fact that you have a world here where the rules are just going to be kind of made up for whatever is going to be entertaining or weird. And I personally, this is entirely on me, I personally want something that's a bit more coherent and a bit more definitive of here are the rules and here are why they are happening. Because it also kind of seems like our characters are sort of immortal. And if that's the case, what is really the threat or or what, what are we really getting invested in here?
1: And 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 that's also the other thing I think why I like it so much is that they're 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 like true slackers. They're just like whatever. I mm-hmm. guess I'm gonna have to fight this demon now, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of like the to me that's like very much internet culture, at least <laughs> like in, in twenty, you know, like when he was writing it, and then especially two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two like keep going. That's what it feels like. It feels like okay. I guess this is like. I guess I have to do it, you know, <laughs> I guess very two, it's very like 2000s, like, like the feel, the story, yeah, there,
0: like no, there, there know. is, there is a slacker vibe to it, which I, I do kind of, I do kind of appreciate because especially when this novel or, or when this, I guess, web serial was coming out. Mm-hmm. And then when it was eventually kind of turned into one manuscript was, was in that era where, well, I guess, uh, yeah, I, I was like, cause 2004 I was still in college at that point. And yeah. basically starting to have those thoughts of like, I guess I have to do something with my life, but I'm not sure what. <laughs> and that's what these guys are
1: doing. Like, what do they do with their life? They don't, for all we know, they don't have jobs.
0: No, and and right. you know, and in, in, I'm sure there are many people in that age range at that time who are sort of like, well, I'm gonna go to college and I'm gonna get this job, I guess, because I feel like I have to do it. Like to get this thought of like, or to right. that have lived, lived this experience of, I am doing something because, I feel like that's what I should do. I am obligated to it. Touching upon that theme of my life is out of my control to a certain degree.
1: Right, right. And it's weird because somehow even though they're like, quote unquote, people might look at them as losers. You know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, look at these guys. But somehow, even though they don't have a job, whatever they, but somehow they're succeeding in their weird fucked up lives. But like, yeah. but, and and succeeding a heart. That's a weird word to say with them, because are they but like, they're going on these adventures. And
0: they're actually triumphing every time somehow, like some somehow, which is important, because right when I first <laughs> when I first discovered crack.com was yes, in my first professional job that Yeah, for a lot of times, we were kind of making it up as we go along. Somehow I became a blogger. Somehow I became a podcaster. All without oversight or instruction. I just kind of fell into it. I'm like, I guess this is what we do until we're told otherwise. And it turned out like, yeah, okay, we're succeeding. But like, I still feel like maybe I should have some oversight or guidance here. And they're just kind of stumbling into... I I mean, because I'm sure it's sort of like, yeah, what are the rules for demon possession or for a creature made up entirely of sentient meat like (laughs) i don't know um right and it's almost like but but what i love is even when the meat demon comes about
1: and it's like thinking that they're marconi yeah played by clancy brown who's amazing in this (laughs) but but clancy brown's amazing in everything that's true um he like it's such a weird scene because you're right away like okay who's this because at first you see this weird commercial for marconi like okay who's this like like guy then you kind of find out like they know him. He's almost like, and in the book, it's a, it's much more developed. But like, he's kind of like their, you know, he helps them out. Like he yeah. he he kind of likes them, even though they're losers. But he 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 sees potential in them. He knows they could be like me one day. And like, you don't know what he says to the meat demon, but he kills. He, he somehow yeah. destroys it Explode, just by yeah. saying something. Mm-hmm. It's like one word or whatever. Like blah, blah blah. Oh, okay, I'm dead. Any explanation? No, it's just Marconi.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, okay, and even later on, it's all you know. With the spoiler alert, that the dog was the one, Barkley was the <laughs> one to sacrifice himself to just destroy save the world, Kar- yeah. Karak. And, and and it's like, oh, so we were just pawns. Yeah, because we're losers. Like, mm-hmm. oh, and even even Marconi's like, yeah, like you weren't really the plan. Like you were just there to kind of make them think they had us, like, under ropes. But, like, no, Barkley was actually the hero. <laughs> I mean, Barkley's driving a freaking car in this. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, which, actually, Corinne, I've never heard Corinne laugh so hard when she's like, wait, <laughs> the dog is driving? I'm like, yeah, it's like Marmaduke. You know, <laughs> Marmaduke driving that car, crashing mm-hmm. into things.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I I think I I realized around the time that John shows up to the trailer park, Yes, I, I was just thinking why are we here what are we moving towards and i guess there's i mean you brought up that point that maybe there's something about just the general slacker culture from which and, and even just the internet culture at that time where that's sort of fitting for it but i think it's th- this is a movie i'd say that it upon re-watching like a decade later it's sort of like and eh, this doesn't really hold up and and i i I made the, 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 the snipe about like low budget versus cheap looking. It's mm-hmm. it's not a lot, but they're especially when like they when they're in what are they? They're in like a cave or something and Marconi shows up. It is very clearly them green screened oh, with a oh, cave And and, and, and yeah. it's not it's not bad to the sense of like where you sometimes you see it like especially on like infomercials where Jimmy JJ Walker is is, is uh is promoting Medicaid uh, where yes. you can kind of see the green reflection in their hair or on their on their their person but it just mm-hmm. it's it very much looks like a zoom background and not so much like here's a fully realized 3D world and that and that scene kind of like ugh okay i'm this kind of took me I, out of things.
1: i know i mean i i you know i look at it as you know he's doing what he you know with with the budget they have yeah i'll I'll forgive it to an extent but also you know, it's a different dimension. I don't know. Maybe this, maybe the world looks weird. You know, but uh.
0: <laughs> um, but now, having said that, I, I will say that for the watching for the first like twenty minutes or so, I was like, James, what the fuck? Why did you recommend this movie? <laughs> what are we doing here? But if you stand back and look at not even themes, not even characters, but just look right. at the framework of how the story is told, it really does feel like a, <laughs> a Lovecraftian yeah. framework in the sense of. We have our main character or our narrator who has been through everything, who is telling a skeptical person, like, let me tell you my story. Right. And he's telling it from a place of he himself was a skeptic first until he went through this stuff. Yes. Um, the journey involves, like, a a, uh, a, a a journey of discovery in which there are paranormal outside forces, things that eventually make our character realize... Everything is way beyond what I have been led to believe about existence, are beyond my control. And when we have our Lovecraftian protagonists, they can respond to this in one of two ways. They can accept it, or they can go mad. And David has just accepted it. And he's kind of, he's not even numb, but he's just kind of like, it. Let, let's say it hasn't helped his slacker persona, but it at least has given him justification for like, well, I don't really know what's going on, but... I'm never going to, so I'll just... I'll keep going and doing what I have been doing because yeah. that's what makes the most sense.
1: I'll almost embrace it because, like, what's what's the other option? Mm-hmm. I'm not going that way, so might as well, like, fight demons and just hang on with my friend John, who is always, like, stoned and, like, <laughs> cool. You know, I was in a band back in the day. And it's very, like, you know, a lot of stuff in it is very, like, budget, bookstore, um like you know like weird meta stuff like you know like oh like is the axe you know with the thing in the beginning with the axe that like he has to keep changing the actual mm-hmm. handle because it keeps breaking yeah and then when the de- you know the demon monster zombie comes back it's like that's the axe that killed me but is it <laughs> sure. is it is it actually the same and it's like, you know, and like little, you know, something like, oh, okay. You kind of cringe a little bit. Cause like, that's something you like read in like some bad, like budget book at Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, no, but it's actually like, it ties into the whole story of like, is it, is it really the same thing or is it something new? And it's kind of like these characters, like that are going through this weird shit of like, is this like a new world or is it the same world? It's just that we see that it went one way and went another. And like, which one is the more fucked up world? You yeah. would assume the other world because look what they went through. Mm-hmm. But, but but again, they've all embraced it. Yeah, They're like, oh, this is our world. While we're, you know, here, it's just like, oh, we have to deal with all the crazy shit. You know, like, yeah, you know, that's... They, John, John and David have to deal with this now. But like, nobody else really knows that it's actually happening. Like, again, because of the soy sauce, you know, if you look at it a certain way, you see something. Mm-hmm. But you don't see it if you're just looking right straight ahead. Like, you don't see the The monster that's like right in front of you
0: yeah i I guess that is an interesting proposition um that idea of yeah is this is this all new or since it all existed at the same time is it just it's new to you it is not right it is not new Yeah, that no that is that is really interesting um i mean i'll I'll be honest as much as i kind of i don't want to say didn't like the movie but i was kind of underwhelmed by it i'm very curious to read the book
1: Read the book. I mean, like and I'm actually gonna order the um the two follow-ups and then wait for the fourth one because I really want to see where these characters go. And to me, this while I love this movie, I know I love it more than you, but it's yeah. fine. Cause I usually love like weird, trashy shit. <laughs> um, I really think this would have worked better as a series. Yeah. Like a TV series, like build a story and then you can keep going. And then hell, you can go different. Different directions, you know, like just monster of the week, like, you know, like, like kind of like the X Files. So, like, you could have, Mm -hmm. oh, what are they dealing with this week? Okay, (laughs) dealing with some weird, like, weird, like, you know, tentacle monster. But then next week, they're dealing with, like, I don't know, another world that's like made of just because it's very, like, you know, like jokey, like frat boy humor, too, that I don't always like. But for some reason, there's like this limit in this movie that, like, just enough that i'm like okay i tolerate it you know, like well, dick humor you know like kind of stuff like that It's like, okay yeah, yeah. like oh but, i can't go out that door because it's a it's a dick handle
0: yeah it, but and, and i think it's it's a there's a, a recognition of the film itself also recognizes like these guys are like sure they're they're demon hunters paranormal investigators they're not heroes they're not people to admire no, no um, i mean
1: they're they, I mean, John's trying to get like he wants to get laid by the girl who en- ends up being all snakes. <laughs> yeah. And when you try to explain it to so we go, Well, what are you talking about? What 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 is this? Because mm-hmm. that's how what this is. It's almost like, wait. And each scene feels like, how can you top all, How can you top the next scene?
0: And there's also, there's no punching down. You know, like like the, no. the like. I mean, is he hesitant to open a door where the handle turns into a giant dick? Yes is it because there's homophobia in the movie no it's just because no. all of a sudden there's like, just a giant dick there where there wasn't right and
1: i think most people would be like i'm not yeah I'm not touching that. That. like yeah <laughs> because because if you think to yourself after the meat demon gets destroyed i would assume that handle is still a dick sure and they yeah. did leave mm-hmm. it's just because of a mon the monster yeah. was there like oh what are we going to do mm-hmm. but you know which makes more comedic but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh,
0: just... And <laughs> it, it, it is, I mean, we've already touched upon it a little bit, but I mean, considering very low budget movie in 2012, pretty decent cast connected with this. Oh, I mean, really good cast. Yeah. Uh, Chase Williamson is David. I think he does a really good job. Um, and he's not anyone that's necessarily big though. I realized when looking him up, like he is the voice of uh, the main character in shutter did a, a podcast called video mm-hmm. palace yes. um, that, uh, is is certainly worth checking out but he was the main character in that obviously paul Giamatti as arnie uh doug jones character actor doug jones as roger north um we mentioned clancy brown who is good in pretty much everything he's in uh one of those guys that has like one thousand credits on imdb because he seriously yeah um he he works like
1: ron perlman him and ron perlman like just like to work
0: Mm -hmm. um and um, Angus Grimm, uh the yeah. tall man himself, even makes an appearance
1: as a priest, which is kind of funny. That, and, and, and again, the other actor, I'll say that what I really loved in this movie was Glenn Turman. Glenn, Glenn Turman. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as which, when Corinne was watching me, she's like, "Why does he look so familiar?" I'm like, "Science teacher from Gremlins." She's like, "Oh my god, that's him!" <laughs> and he was also in Super Eight.
0: He yeah, was really
1: good in that. You know, it, like.
0: And I believe uh, he was in the front of my mind because um, (laughs) my wife enjoys watching um, uh, the FBI shows, Dick Wolf's FBI shows on Tuesday on on ABC. And he was a character in FBI Most Wanted. He was a a, a former detective who was investigating... the mafia like you know back in the 80s and so there's a oh cool there's a series of hits which emulate the greatest hits of one of these uh old mafioso guys so he comes back and is like i'm sure it's this guy and so i'm like oh that guy he's, he's yeah he's here again but another guy he's got so many credits on imdb because he's a character actor who appears yeah. everywhere and in everything so
1: and and you know character actors make to me they can make or break a movie like <laughs> like sometimes when you're watching a movie it's like if you have like you know you have two tentpole people you're like okay you know Brad pitt whoever else you're like okay cool but if the character actors like if there's if there's really no cat, if there's just like whatever schlubs they get you go, know, oh this is not that good you know but then if you see like especially like the 70s and 80s films you start watching you go oh that guy oh that woman okay okay i know, I know they're gonna be good in this mm-hmm. and that's nope. really what this is like everyone is because everyone you can tell is having fun and, and yeah. that's a thing too like budget wasn't that high so you know people weren't getting paid that much <laughs> yeah so yeah. they had to like the, the source material, mm-hmm. which is, um, which is very telling. And also Don Casperelli, he's very good to his, uh, his crew. Like he's very, from what I've always found out and read, just embraces everybody. Like from top actor to the lighting guy, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He's, he's that kind of a guy. Cause he did it all too.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it tends to be that way with a uh, low budget horror people. Um... Mo- A lot of them yeah which actually that makes me go hmm i don't know
1: why i'm thinking like can we maybe one day think of a phantasm series for uh for this podcast maybe you know down the line
0: i've only ever seen the first one okay so i i
1: I mean they're all fun in their own i i haven't seen the fifth one ravager which he didn't do but yeah oh sure last film that angus grim did so like okay um you know came back one more time as the Tollman. man.
0: But anyway, yeah, that's been a John dies at the end. Yeah, a, a uh, similar to, to sort of how uh, to starfish, I think you've helped me appreciate mm. it a little bit more. Um, I I don't see the need to ever revisit it. I probably would never recommend it to people, but I am curious to, to read the source material. So maybe that's maybe that's something at least. But um, yeah, you know, uh, so we plan listeners for our next episode to be two weeks from now <laughs> instead yes
1: yes we, we're planning this
0: another another month and a half and um you know we were talking off mic maybe uh we mentioned benson and moorhead at the top of the show talking yes. about moon Knight a little bit mm-hmm. um we did resolution and we did endless but it's spring Right now, the season.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Even though it's like kind of rainyish today, but yeah, but you know, that's part of spring. That's part of spring.
0: You know, it's just true. So um, maybe before it becomes summer and miserable <laughs> in New York City, uh, yes. we'll cover uh Benson and Moorhead's um feature debut, Spring, which uh, in my opinion, is the best movie they've done. See, that um, already
1: gets me excited about that conversation.
0: But we'll see. And uh, you know, um, friend of the show, returning guest, and James's partner, Corinne, uh, yes. will likely be joining us for that one. So yes, we do plan. Two weeks from now, to return to regularly scheduled programming, um, <laughs> we have not. We did not die at the end. Uh, we just no, luckily, yeah, we did not. We just we just went we just uh, went on an unintended hiatus. But uh, in theory, things will be um, back to plan. Although one of the things that was keeping me so delayed was we were getting our apartment ready because we were trying yes. to sell it. So if we sell and have to move, um, <laughs> that might yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe it will be in a month and a half, but, you know, no, <laughs> no need to to plan for that until there's something to plan for. So, um, exactly. yeah, um, as always, be sure to, um, catch up on all the back ep- back episodes at CatholicCthulhu.podbean.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Um, we are on Twitter. I am Nolan Fixes Teeth. James is Wonka Kills Kids.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. The, the new name, the new name.
0: <laughs> um. And then we are uh, together, Cast Cthulhu on Twitter and Cthulhu Cast on Facebook. Um, but yeah, that is it for John Dies Again. thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience during this um, these trying times. Um, we promise just to get back to the regular horrors of um, whatever uh, loose adaptations are thrown in front of us while moving forward. So yeah, be sure to tune in next time where we'll be covering Spring by Benson and Moorhead. In the meantime, we'll be waiting and dreaming with dead Cthulhu in his house in Relia.